Welcome back to another episode of MC Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? I have made a very horrifying discovery since the last time we recorded, and I wanted to bring this up to you. Have you ever realized we never leave the spoiler zone? We always go into the spoiler zone, but with every episode, we just keep going further and further down that rabbit hole. Hmm. Inception comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Multiverse of madness in the sense of like, or maybe Loki? I don't know. Just thinking of like diving deeper into something. Maybe that's why I'm so off lately. Maybe that's why I needed the break. <laughs> and it's just like, like I, I'm, I'm, I have to dig out of all of these, these, these spoiler zones that I've dove into. And maybe it's like Interstellar where like on some, the further you go down into the spoiler zone, time just works differently. So what's been a minute to us here has been years right? in the prime timeline. Right. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I was thinking about that, how it's so funny to me. We make a big deal about the, all right, after the audio cue, and then this, we never really have anything at the end. <laughs> There's no... And the way our sound works, it's not like you can play that in reverse because it's going to sound exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like you're going to reverse out of it. So so that's how I'm doing. <laughs> how are you doing, too? <laughs> I think that speaks volumes in and out of the bit. <laughs> so I will reach back to you know, the first year of the MC you need to know and grab the phrase, pull back the curtain. And um, we just got finished recording, uh, guessing on some other ones, uh, some other podcast. It hasn't come out yet, come out in August. So we've already been at this for two, what time is it? Ten, like two hours. Mm -hmm. And so slipping into this normal, for us, banter stuff, I always does feel a little awkward when we do that. Yeah. And I'm really excited for y'all to hear when it comes out and when it gets closer, we will say what it is and, and everything. Uh, it was a, it was a fun conversation. A hundred percent a fun conversation. And it's one of those things like, I know like teasing something before you can say anything is always like, Oh, just say it as soon because it's not ours to announce yet. But as soon as we have concrete, like actionable information, we'll be sure to, to link it in the show notes and talk about it here. Cause uh, it was really fun. Yeah. Oh, it was a lot of fun. But Speaking of things to do with today, if you downloaded this episode, you know we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 5 of Miss Marvel, titled Time and Again. The way we're going to handle this is we have some pre-spoiler thoughts where we're going to talk about the episode without getting into the specifics and spoilers before hearing an audio cue, which will take us into the spoiler zone. Before we get there, Jude, do you have any pre-spoiler thoughts for the fifth episode of Miss Marvel? It was a good episode of the series, probably my least favorite. And and it's weird because it still was good. You know, and we'll dive into that once we go further into the spoiler zone. Uh, but that's that's kind of where I sat with this with this episode. So what about you? I'm in the exact same place. I'm going to borrow friend Daniel's summation of it because he sent <laughs> it to me and he sent it to you. And try as I might, I honestly just couldn't find a better way to phrase it. No, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, he put, as a whole, it's my least favorite episode, but certain parts of it are the best of the show. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah. And it it got me down a path, and I think this can be its own episode someday, 
but it got me down a path of what does it say about us that the thing we are finding most interesting about Miss Marvel is the thing that a lot of these Disney Plus shows find themselves in, but eventually comes back to the formula of the MCU. Mm-hmm. And this episode might be one of the most blatant we're back to the MCU side of things that I've felt. And I think it is because the the stuff I... the the uh, This isn't a spoiler. The family-centric stuff of Miss Marvel has been the heart of the show. And the stuff that gives us that is... It, amazing it is is masterfully put together and by the time we get ready to finish up and finish up the season it's kind of like that okay i've been here before kind of feeling so i don't know where like am i just not in the target audience of the mcu anymore or is it just kind of this weird identity crisis that they're finding themselves in in trying to be something different but also coming back to the safe space for the sake of the pod, I hope it's not the former. <laughs> um, <laughs> but do you get what I mean in terms no, 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 of like... No, I, get, I get what you mean. I do. Um, I, I do. And that's and that's why we've talked about this and kicked us around um, a little bit. Not enough to dive into yet as a topic episode. But, but I, I think we're getting there. I keep coming back and thinking about what are my expectations? What have I... Over the past, what, 10, 12 years now, seen with the MCU, and what have I been trained to do in terms of end tags and expectations and what end tags mean and what one show means to another show and what in a build towards something that I bring with me after Endgame that. It just does. It has an impact on what, on how I watch. And I don't want to say I'm not the, the usual words of target audience anymore, but, but it's an element of maybe I'm not. And, and the only reason why I say that, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean, again, thinking about my expectations of how old were people when they, when they started with Iron Man and moved through this. And if you're starting something new, you're grabbing a new audience. And so it's not that I'm not the target audience. It's how do you cater to or continue to build on what you've done for the audience you have, but recognize you have to get yourself a new audience. I mean, and you just do like, there's this thing. And, and for me with, with like, for me, one of the hardest parts of teaching, I think is keeping up to a certain degree with pop culture because anything I reference, you know, like when I first started teaching 15 years ago and I, the dark Knight released that my first year teaching, I can't assume anymore that my students have seen the dark Knight. I can't assume that they've seen iron man because that came out in 2008, you know, um, and it's now 2022. And, and, and so there's like this, there's a sweet spot of about every four to really about five years, you kind of have to reinvent yourself. And, and, and so I guess that's part of what I'm getting at is like, this is for the, you know, and the, this awareness of Feige and the MCU of saying, I got to grab a new audience. Um, just cause that's just how things go. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want to say we're you're not in the target audience or I'm not, but I'm, I'm one. But I'm still playing with all those ideas. And I think that's I'm glad we're kind of in that same because it's almost like this weird half step where it is giving me what I want in the 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 obviously the glowing praise we've had for Miss Marvel, but I think we've found that with Moon Knight. Uh, I personally felt that, and I think you were kind of on that limb too with with WandaVision, where it has this half step of exploring on a deeper level, but still coming back to the formula we're used to. So I'm wondering now, speaking this out loud with you, which we're kind of getting away from Miss Marvel, so I, I promise we're getting that soon. Now speaking that out loud with you, I wonder if it's less of us not being the target and more so the formula needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. from what Marvel Studios used to do. Yeah. So I'll say I'll say this so we can get us on track to Miss Marvel. I was I throughout all my note taking, I had this feeling of like even though I have this like okay, this just abruptly ended, the stuff that I was enjoying seems to maybe be on the back burner now. Of all the Disney Plus series, I think this show is the most neatly wrapped and ready to have just its fun in the finale. And the mm-hmm. thing that I kept thinking of is, and how incredibly smart this was and a testament to them, TK, whenever they joined us on our WandaVision wrap-up, she identified, Is it It was the second to last episode, she goes, for me, that's the end. And not the last episode was just having fun. And so it took me six series to finally be able to reconcile that. But that's what I'm feeling here with Ms. Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> so that's what I'll say before getting into spoilers. All right. I'm going to leave this right. thought that just came into my mind in my mind so we can dive into Miss Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we said, you're going to hear an audio cue and on the other side it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. We'll see you. Oh wait, no. I got to say for those who may be unaware, Thor will be exempt from the spoiler zone because that is a recently released film we will not be getting into that um but other than that we'll see you on the other side and we're back so the way we're going to handle this is we're going to break this down into three most important topics we have living memory a crack in the veil and holding tight and letting go So starting with this first one, this is going to be the chance for us to really dive into the opening of this episode where we finally get to see the true context of Kamala's family's history. So you have Aisha and Hassan falling in love and starting that family. You have the train story that has been central to the Khan family, uh, as well as Kamala learning her place in all of those events. So Jude, starting with you, where would you like to start within this first topic? I'm going to start with the title we have, Living Memory. For me, it's really fitting just because I think about what tradition is, and tradition is the living memory of something, right? When I participate, I am participating in, in like, say, the family, community, whatever that may be. I'm participating in what has happened before, but I'm as a new participant, I'm adding to that that memory, right? And that, that's going to be passed on. And so it, that's one of the things I loved about this. I mean, the whole series there, like I said, you mentioned before with family, but to have the story in such a way where 
the partition, as they said earlier, like everybody has a partition story and to be able to put Kamala in that position to see it and to give us, you know, not just narratively spoken or told, but to actually say, no, we're going to show you, we're, we're going to give, we're going to take the time to sidestep and show why this is important. Uh, was, really really i don't want to say fun it's fun's not the right word but it, it's it's something is a part of the show that i really really enjoyed yeah i again there's many reasons i'm thankful of doing this podcast with you but it is something you've always hammered about that importance of family and sharing stories and and i'll never forget the day my niece was born and then again the day my nephew was born there was this moment where it just clicked for me. And this, it is funny to have this strong of a feeling because I'm just the uncle. Like it's not even like being a parental figure, but the day they were born, it clicked. Oh, this is a prequel story. My, like my story is now their prequel story. And mm-hmm. it really contextualized like how I thought about what I was doing at the time and like what I wanted to do forward and how I wanted to be able to share those stories with them. And to have, Again, we talked about it, having the ability, the, the the superhero taking it to the extreme, to have Kamala actually get to live through that in a weird way reminded me of that feeling. Even though it's not my story, it's not obviously not my, my family, I thought they captured that feeling well. And so I hope that's that's making sense. I know that's a very personal story. No, no, that makes the sense. Fact that, yeah, the fact that they were able to capture that feeling and capture that feeling in a way it takes 20 minutes until Kamala's on screen. Mm-hmm. That is Aisha and Hassan's story yeah. from the beginning. And the fact that this show is able to build up everything it's built with the first four episodes and be confident enough to say, no, we're actually going to show you this side of the story and it works, I thought was masterfully done. And I think the pulse of it is through that love story. Mm-hmm. And even though their actors are uh, Hassan and Aisha's actors are, are really well done. May uh, wish Hayat in Fawad Khan. I think the beauty of it is bolstered by the filmmaking. There was this like warmth to the, the, the look of it and the, the, I, I was well, talking about like a different show. Daniel. Yes. That's, it felt like it could be its own thing. Mm hmm. There, there, there was warmth to it. Even in the, uh, this is what I was saying. I, I, I was talking to friend Daniel about this. I don't have the filmmaking vocabulary to be able to convey exactly what I'm feeling, but just down to the way the camera was moving within those scenes of watching these two characters fall in love. And rather than having what I think you refer to as the shot reverse shot, the camera's like swaying back and forth between those characters as they're kind of like, they're still not completely falling for each other yet, but you can feel that chemistry back and forth, which I think is again, a testament to the actors but the filmmaking really captured the beauty of those two people mm-hmm. falling for Yeah, and that interaction. Yeah. I'm wondering if that part of made me made me feel what I felt about the episode overall. Because it did feel like it could be its own not it could be. It was. It, like it cuz it's these people, right? Aisha and Hassan and we could have easily just said Hey, we're going to make a two hour, hour and a half, two hour love story movie about these people coming together. And 
in that way, it wasn't your typical flashback. And the, the, there was like this intentionality. But I mean, I don't want to say that like as if, oh, when they do flashbacks, there's not intention behind it. But just like you're saying, it felt like there was this truly wanting to, to separate that from whatever, what everything else we've seen. And it was done so well that I was, and you know, was get so immersed into it. I don't want to say it was jarring when we get Kamala back, but it, it's definitely, dare I say something about Dr. Strange too? Um, Go for it. There was times where outside of the aesthetic, I guess, it didn't feel like you were in another universe. Right. Like this one looked a little bit more futuristic where America and strange stepped on the thing and they saw the memory, you know, uh, and they're like that a little bit more futuristic, but I didn't feel like I was transported to another universe the way I felt like I was transported from truly one show to a next in that transition. I will say I'm going to, I want to push back on the jarring nature. I think you were getting at once Kamala enters in because I don't think that like the jarring to me is when we get to the present, the living memory part of it is so successful because this is everything we've been working towards from the get go. Yes, we've had the modern day problems, the settings, Kamala coming of age, trying to fit in, finding her identity. But the heartbeat of this show was the family and its story. And I think a close second to that, because I think this is an example of good representation, is it is educational on the show's part and giving us more of that context of the partition. At least for mm-hmm. me, I'll speak for me. I, the partition is a glaring blind spot in just my history of knowledge. And I have learned more, which again, I know speaks more about me. I have learned more about this through the Marvel Studios show than anything else. And so it is also continuing in on that educational aspect because of setting the context of watching these families being dispersed from India to Pakistan and watching the effect that it had on those families. So that that none of that's jarring to me. I think it's 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 beautifully well done. I think the visual look being different attributes to the dreamlike nature of it. Like because I mean those shots where it's nighttime and even though the the serious stuff comes in with Namja, the the dreamlike aspect of it I think plays a nice contrast once we get to the horror side of it of the train incident, which is where we last left off in episode four. Yeah. Well, and I guess for me, what I was thinking when I said jarring was. It felt like so much, so much a different show that it's like there was a moment where, like you said, it was 20 minutes till we get Kamala. There was a moment there where I'm thinking, are we not going to see Kamala at all? Is this, you know, because I kept waiting. When are they going to cut? And we see Kamala. When are they going to cut? We see Kamala. And so, yeah, like I, at one time they had me bought in, like we just weren't going to see Kamala. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what I mean when I say like when Kamala came, finally shows up, it's it's kind of jarring. It's like oh no, we're we're here. It is we're back, rather than just letting this whole story play out. Mm-hmm. I will say, speaking to more of why I thought it was thematically relevant, 
is I know one of the things I think I was head over heels for is in episode three, the wedding and how much we talked about the the father having the speech about like, you know, a man who chooses family is never alone because he's chosen love and, and whatnot. I like that that is a continually explored theme with Aisha and Hassan, because right before they get on that train, Hassan stops and is, is explaining. It's like, what are you running from? I know you've always have been, but you never quite told me why. And as she reveals the history about being from the Nora dimension and being tracked down by Najma, she assures him, I choose you. Like This is the family that I want. I'm not looking for anything else. And it really continues to resonate with that theme about what it means to have that chosen family and it be something that is so central to who you become and also be something that calls into effect the residual effects because mm-hmm. we saw what it did to Nadra and them not being able to to get back home. Um, and that in a way is kind of a parallel uh, to Kamala and having to choose of that superhero life that she was flirting with before the the wedding being crashed. Yeah. So yeah. No. I like I like those parallels of the flashback. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good way to put it cuz well like you said with this you always bring it up. The MCU and superheroes in general, but the MCU does this really well. We're going to show ordinary things, but with the the superhero element just is able to push it to an extreme and making a choice more often than not good and healthy. You know? Like, I leave my job and go to work somewhere else. Well, I'm leaving behind. Hey, co-workers, I'll, I'll be there. I'm not going anywhere. I signed my contract. <laughs> I signed about, my contract. I was about to say, bold of you to announce on our podcast. <laughs> Ken, TJ, I signed my contract. Ex-co-worker yeah, I TJ. Will, <laughs> I will see you <laughs> come August. Uh, but no, like, but I mean, you do. Like, like I mentioned that, and it's co-workers that, that I talk to me about the pod and I know, listen, and we talk at work and, and there's this community that's built that, you know, you leave and that's a choice. Right. And, and that changes things, you know, that's a small example, but I'm imagining, you know, t- t- with today's technology, it's kind of different, I think, um, compared to when I was growing up. Like if, you know, a family decided to leave town and my friend, went you know naturally with their parents that was pretty much it it's not like didn't have a facebook didn't you know they didn't have a phone number yet because you weren't taking your phone number with them usually getting a new phone number and all of this stuff especially if they were moving out of town or out of state whereas now it's like oh you have your cell i have your cell you know and so in in that sense and that's a choice and it's not a bad choice um and so, yeah, so I like the, I do like the way you put that. The other thing that struck me just thematically, and I, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. Cause I think we talked about this. I know for me personally, this is the least amount of notes that I think I've taken for an episode that we've done. And it's because nothing was surprising, I think, in this first half of the episode. Because, again, this is everything we've been building to. And all that's left is just to admire the great work they've been doing with the theme. So when Kamala comes in and 
she is in this flashback. She's trying to figure out her surroundings. You can see on Amon Vellani's face the acting of the distraught and the horror and just trying to figure out what's going on. She meet, She eventually meets up with Aisha and Aisha has that wonderful line, you already have everything you need to do this. And the moment that Kamala finally puts it together and she has the line, it was me, like I, I was there, I'm the one who did this. It is the melding of the family and the superhero power that we've been talking about all season. And so like, I was in tears. Like, I was like, oh my God. Like when she did the platforms and she, it showed that she was the one to guide her grandma to the train. We knew that was the case. We've been predicting that like to happen. And yet it still works because it has been masterfully laid upon this track until we got here. So we just, we got to reap the benefits of the work. Well, it's interesting. And I like the, that last phrase you said, because we ended last episode, last pod, is this time travel? Did, you know, is it, you know, and, and those questions and it was like, we got the answer, but like, I didn't care. Like, it, like it didn't matter. I didn't think about what does this mean for the MCU? What is it? I was just, I was just enjoying the story, you know? Um, so, so in, in that sense, it was like, it, you know, it reminded me of Harry Potter and it was, was it Azkaban where he did the Patronus for the first time? Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, my dad comes look, look after the time Turner. And then he runs out there expecto Patronum. And then he realizes like, I knew I could do it. Cause I'd already done it. You know, nobody, I, you're not looking at a weird time loop and all that. Like, you know, it was just a cool part of the story. And there was this connection of like him and his dad and, um, and, and you got the same thing here, you know, and I didn't care about it. I didn't dive into thinking about those things, you know? Well, and I think that's the other thing is like part of what made this, the, like you said, the, the, the benefit of the work was with other shows, I think like with Loki and, and we, I'm not going to dive too far into Loki because we've, Go listen to our other episodes. We we've done that, you know. Or hit hit us up on socials, and we'll talk about it some more. But at MC, you need to know. Yeah, the point of Loki was like, or, or part of the story and part of the point was figuring out how this time worked, how time worked, and all this, and what are branches, and what's getting trimmed, and stuff like that. You know, the the time travel itself. That's not, this wasn't the point. It was just part of the story. And so because it wasn't it, it, part, it wasn't the larger point, um, I think it made it easier to just, I don't have to worry about it. You know, it's, it's that, it's that whole, was it Scott Derrickson? He said, like, the less I tell you, you know, like, don't worry about that. Just enjoy the story. Well, I'm, I don't need to tell you about that. There's a certain threshold of explanation that an audience can yeah. hold before it's like, no, you're telling me too much. Think midichlorians. I think that's the easiest nerd culture example that everyone reaches to with Star Wars and how, like, once you start adding that. I know. I As soon as I said it, it's like, why am I opening the can of worms of Star Wars? This is always a two-hour tangent with me. So, and well, no, I just, midichlorian, <laughs> like, I'm with you. Like, why'd you give that explanation too much? Mm-hmm. But I just, I just find it funny that, like, 
Again, this is a tangent. Forget it. If you want to know what's funny, MC, you need to know. Come hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like, and again, just to to keep highlighting it more, we said it last week, what you seek is seeking you. And I I, I said that, I I hypothesized, and I was wrong about this, but I thought maybe Kamala wrote it on the bangle to send to herself to, to, to... have it happen because it always happened. I think that's almost the same word he used with the Harry Potter example. But where I think the story excels and not needing to worry about the logic and more worry about the emotional logic, I guess that's a way I want to describe it. You have Kamala coming into the scene and speaking to Aisha as she realizes that she is on her dying breath. You're supposed to save Nani like the story. Like she has that like removal of self from the experience because of course who would expect that they time travel but it fits into who she has been trying to figure out who she is in the context of her family and her powers and her own interest that it comes to this moment where following all three of those threads has put her in the position to be I don't even want to say hero, I mean superhero, because that doesn't matter anymore. She's just the hero of the family. And I think that is the superhero extreme example of if it's the it's the, the theme of the show. The person who chooses family is not alone. That is what made me cry. It's like, yes, like this is so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is so good. It is. <sighs> I think Dick Sandy. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, come join us for She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, uh, Thor first, then She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're bumping up against the uh, transition into the next most important topic. And it's going to be my turn. This important topic is called A Crack in the Veil. And it's going to allow us to hone in on the section where Kamala comes back from the memory, confronts the clandestines and the opening of the rift, as well as the side story of Najma sacrificing herself and activating Kamaran's powers. I think the place that I want to start is it feels unfortunate for as great as this show has been. The villains feel like the weakest point. Yes. And I think it's because the, or at least villain in a traditional sense, because you have these these conceptual that we've talked about with the racism and the Department of Damage Control, the, the partition, and like all those stuff I think fits that quote unquote antagonistic role of the story way better. Whereas the clandestines, it, I mean, you can almost see them being like, all right, we're done. Mm-hmm. And like, you didn't need, you didn't really need them there. And it's disappointing because there, I highlighted it in the previous section where there was that parallel of that choice of, okay, I'm going to make this decision to join this fantastical, but these are the ramifications it's going to have. And you can see where they were trying that Najma has that recognition of like, this is the goal I've been working to my whole life to the point that I've forsaken my son and Kamala appeals to her humanity by saying like, but you could still do it for him. You took that away from Aisha. At least give him this. And it's the light switch flip of, you're right. And then she sacrifices yeah. herself and gives the powers to the cover. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> as I have to be, to give context here, I have been since summer, since July started end of June, last week of June, since July, we've been going through stranger things. And I just finished stranger things season three for the first time, a couple of 
days ago. And so when I'm watching this, I'm like, it's never a good idea to go into and try to mess with interdimensional rifts. Like if there's a crack open leading to somewhere else, it's, it's just, (laughs) I mean, we've seen it all the way back in Ghostbusters. We've seen it here. You know, it's just, it's just bad. Like they, they should have known better. If you ever see a big crack, like it's, (laughs) <laughs> and big glowing light coming from it. Nine times out of 10 run the other way. I think that sums it up. Like, I mean, I mean, and I say that in the sense of like, you're right. Like it, it felt like the weakest point. It felt like it felt very anticlimactic. Um, I, okay. I'm just going to go out on the limb here. People don't like me already. Um, hey, I told you that in private. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, this hasn't been private. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Madness. I... Oh. <laughs> of madness. You know, JB and everybody just like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I told you this. There was some Game of Thrones last season feelings for me in this episode. And as everybody goes screeching in their cars into a light pole as I say, you know, say this, um, I'm not saying it's that, like it's as bad as that, but what it wants for me, one of the things that game of Thrones lost sight of in that last season was the, the night walkers. Well, I'm getting that right. Right. Night walkers. You are. I know this is an old show. Just, I guess, as a warning for anybody who's catching up on Game of Thrones, if you don't yeah, want to skip use spoilers, ahead. I guess, skip ahead, um, like, five or minutes. save yourself. Uh, save yourself. No, I mean, I mean, and essentially, like, they wrap it up, right? I mean, they wrap it up, but, like, w- one of the issues was, um, you know, their story, right, your overarching story, and in this case, what you said, family, it's just all wonderfully done. And then there's the plot, of okay, this is what's getting you to point A, point B. That's hopefully, you know, helping go through, get us through the story. Well, in Game of Thrones, the plot points was like who's on the throne and the big existential threat of these Night Walkers. I'm saying it right, Night Walkers. It's been a while. White Walkers and Night King. White Walkers, not wa- Night King and White Walkers. Okay, but like. That was the existential threat everybody's worried about. Like that was the story that should have been ultimately wrapped up in the throne, and they and they flipped them, and you know what I mean. And and so, in that sense, it's like oh, you wrapped up the larger story and threat, but you still had to wrap. You know, now go wrap this up, and it's all just who cares anyways. No, nobody cared about that ultimately compared to the Night King and stuff, and it. And that was the feeling I had here of like, oh no, did they just wrap up the story of family here? And now all they got to do is wrap up the loose ends and they, they flipped them uh, because it felt like an ending, but I do like what you brought up recalling what Tara said about it ends. Cool. This is just bonus. This is, this is like the Mm -hmm. bonus episode on the DVD. Can't wait. Like I will enjoy it, then it's... but I will, <laughs> but, but it's, it's one of those things that just like, that was the story I got invested in. It's like, you just ended it. So. Yeah. And I think the abruptness is what I would highlight because 
the the family again the family is the thing we've been working to and even if some of that's rushed that is complete to me if that makes sense mm-hmm. maybe i would have liked some more yeah. time to like explore some of the things we'll get to in the next important topic but it is done so that's why i feel like out of all the shows this one is the one that is set up to have it's fun in the end mm-hmm. and be okay yeah. so i'm not worried about the show in that sense but it is that feeling of like i think that's why i framed it as like am i part of the target audience because what does it say about me that the thing that i'm enjoying the most is everything that stays away from the formula (laughs) and episode six to me feels like it's going to be the formula we're going to see the bombastic action we're probably going to see kamala come back and uh, save bruno and Kamaran from the department of damage control but i don't know how and actually i i feel like we should pull back just a little bit because this is something uh that we talked about last night in our our false start of a recording (laughs) podcast that we didn't end up doing um that there is this feeling of also wanting to pump the brakes and be like maybe they pull it off in the sixth right. episode, maybe maybe we're being too harsh, and there's something that they're able to do where they weave the theme of the family, the threat of the clandestines, despite the head of the clandestines being gone. Like maybe something does happen here. Yeah, yeah, and th- and that's the thing is like there's still there's still story elements that have to be wrapped up, right? Like mm-hmm. like the her dad, that story's not finished. Brian's story's not finished. Um, <laughs> hey. Bruno oh, it is Bruno now. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, there's 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 story elements that need to be wrapped up, and that's where I think I'd felt so weird of like, wait a minute, you just wrapped up family here, um, and maybe it's just the way it was shot. Maybe maybe that the way that ending was was felt like such an ending done in such a way that it's like we're missing something, and and so I'm with you. We talked about that. And her false start the night before, where I even hesitated. I told you, I hesitated to bring up the Game of Thrones comparison because the fin- finale hasn't come out yet. But it's just like, oh no, you know. And I think those who listen to us aren't probably surprised by this. We all, we've been tough on finales and mentioned how they're hard to land. I think TJ's even asked me once about, you know, do you, how do you think about this finale or that finale? And, so I think that's also par for the course for us. Yeah. So the only other thing that I think we should touch on is a couple of like speculative areas where one, we saw a very similar crystallization process that has been seen in, I believe, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when Najma and the other clandestine tried to go into the rift and then they were skeletonized. The thing that I also want to zone in on because it was even different outside of the context of the first time we see that happen in the episode. Najma is able to uh, whisper Kamaran and send some force to him halfway around the world that activates his power. How did you read that happening? Because I know for me at least it almost feels like it can go one of two ways. One, Kamala was successful in her plead to Najma's humanity and, and closing the veil. Or two, 
it was a last ditch effort to have her plan live on through Cameron. Where do you fall? Both. Really? Well, the the first watch, I thought this was evil plot, last ditch effort. And I, I almost kind of felt it like she took over Comron rather than like gifting over powers. She's now like possessing Comron or something. That's how I took it the first watch. Second watch, it was more of a sacrifice and learned, you know, Kamala got to her. And so, so like when Comron asked, have you seen Kamala? That was a trying to find her sinister. And then the next one, like, it's like, no, he actually is just asking. And, and genuinely, can we, especially the starting over, can we genuinely start over, you know, and finally get the name right? So it's hard to tell because you can get, like you said, you can go that way of like he has the powers now and he can make his own choices. And we start seeing him do that, like that separation by finally getting the name right. It's hard to tell because I've read it both ways. He's definitely the X factor, I think. I, th- I think Kamaran is the reason it's like, let's pump the brakes and see where they go. Because he, if they're going to wrap up or tie in the clandestines back to that theme, it's going to be through Kamaran. Not only because he's literally the last man standing, but it is playing in that family space of this is who he is. Does he get to make his own choice or will he feel beholden to have to live within that certain expectation of his quote unquote family, the clandestines? I guess the question being, is there enough time to do that because of how jarring this was? Well, there's still an end tag left. (laughs) <laughs> and well I mean I mean, I, I say that from the standpoint of we know Miss Marvel Kamala is going to show up in the Marvels what I'm kidding <laughs> we know is a pretty strong there right so 99% sure it's confirmed Kevin Feige <laughs> Kevin Feige said so <laughs> now and, and I, okay so but I say that in the sense of like we know Kamala's story's not over and so we're talking as if like Comron's story has to be over as well. It could be the case that the two of them have to work together or something. So something has to happen to, you know, for the Department of Defense Control. No, Department of Damage Control. Damage. <laughs> that killed me every time I listened to myself in that first episode <laughs> we talked about him. I kept saying Department of Damage or D- uh, Defense Control. <laughs> 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 the DODC. DODC. They got they got to wrap that up. And so it just could be the case that they use this to wrap that story up. And, well, I, I would say two things. A, it's probably the case that this is how they're going to wrap the story up. This is what's going to put Kamala on the radar of Monica Rambeau and Carol Danvers. Like, otherwise, how do they cross paths? And then... Maybe Comron's exp- exploration, deeper exploration, is safe for later. This is a season, right? This isn't. There's been no talks of a limited series, as far okay. as I know. So if it is a season, then a potential for him to return. Yeah, like I said, he's definitely the X factor. <laughs> as as hard as we've been on this episode, 
it remains to be seen how the finale is going I guess I guess the jarring part is as much as we've talked about it this season this is the first time I've been like oh no <laughs> this is the first like before in the other episodes I've been on it I've been loving where they've been going and this is where I was afraid to be heartbroken again <laughs> no I get it I get it yeah because I've had I've had a lot of other thoughts and I'll leave to the wrap-up episode because I'd rather have it finished yeah because because at that point it's just I'm it's like I'm preparing myself for the worst yeah it's a weird place to be and it is a weird place to be with this series because uh, I genuinely love what we've had and even like I said at the beginning of this episode there all the family stuff all of that was so well done so beautiful but just the way they ended that episode was just that like it is an ending that felt like it ended but I know like ended the series but I know they had they have more story to tie up and I think the best example of it is the moment that I was starting to be like, okay, I can see what you're doing. Bruno and Comron start to have that moment of connection of like, yeah, I, I don't really have my parents either. And so they're bonding over that more than superficial layer of just knowing each other. But we get the big explosion mm-hmm. that immediately cuts to the end of the credits. And so it wasn't like, I don't want to necessarily call it shock for shock's sake, but it didn't feel satisfying to me. We'll see. Unless there's any more, I should that have been an end credit? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna fight back on you on that one. I just, just ask you. Because <laughs> imagine, like, I'll say this thought because this is something that I thought about the last time we mm-hmm. were talking about the end credit in episode one, I believe. We've got to have an episode at some point dealing with Intex where we can work out whatever issues that we have with it. Because we talked about how, like, if it's important, put it in your story. It got me thinking, what's the difference between an Intex and a cold open? And I, I, my first reaction was the credits. Technically, the opening Marvel credits happen, too, sometimes. So that I think that's something we definitely need to explore. Yeah, Yeah, chuck that up to a topic episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but at least for this no I wouldn't have liked it because imagine it just being like wait when did that explosion happen yeah no that's fair that's fair <laughs> so look I think I think we could probably nitpick this middle section because it it was funny I didn't even describe it as a fight and it's technically a fight <laughs> it's not even like interesting choreographed yeah. wise <laughs> So rather than just beat up on it, I say, let's go ahead and move into the last most important topic, which is where I think we've got, at least for me personally, that feeling of like, oh, the story has completed. Uh, This is the holding tight and letting go section where we get the discovery that Muniba now knows that Miss Marvel was late girl. Uh, We get that scene later on in the episode where they're going through the photo albums and really having those conversations about like, I was holding on too tight. I was uh, letting you go or not holding you tight enough. Um, So within this section, where would you like to start? That's tough. If we, uh, if you need a a second, I I can toot my horn. I'll let you get into your own horn. Got my it's mirror not, shot. It's... Go ahead. I got my mirror shot. Whenever they were looking through oh, yeah. the photo albums, the fact that 
and I wasn't even expecting this, but it, it had me in tears again when Sana, Muniba, and Kamala were all looking through the photo album, clearly visible in the mirror shot. It was like, I wanted to high five everybody involved, even though I have nothing to do with it. It was just like, yes, like this is, this is so perfect. This is a wonderful end to what they were exploring to have yeah. this family who all three reconciled the differences between that intergenerational lineage by coming together and sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and I think that's wonderful. Good for you. High five. <laughs> uh, now, I, I, I think what made that would made that difficult was for me, not the scene, but but you know, to start and where I want to start with this is, and I know I've brought this up a couple of different times, but being a parent and uh, and even some ways teaching, but especially especially being a parent, but some ways I think you know teaching had the same experience of like. To what degree are you hand-holding and holding on and that's the right thing to do versus preventing them or versus that being the wrong thing to do because it's preventing them to figure out who they are and, and, and make these choices and what choices are from a parent side age appropriate or not. Uh, I mentioned the teacher side, you know, it's like you have a kid sometimes where it's just like, yeah, you don't get to choose. You just, you need a little bit of extra handholding, you know, or, or this one's like, no, you know, I'm going to let you kind of have a little bit more freedom here. Um, in certain things. Um, because you've earned it and you can handle it and, and just knowing where that is. And, and, and that's such a tight or such a balance of this holding versus holding tight and letting go. And what is that? And what does that mean? And what does that look like? So, yeah, so that's why it was hard, to, hard to, um, to know where to start. Cause it just, I, I understand that struggle, you know? Um, and, okay. So I said this story one time, there was a kid who I was getting on to for something in class. And if you have siblings, we've all done it where it was like, you're getting in trouble and you're like, so-and-so does it all the time. And you don't, he doesn't, they don't get in trouble kind of, kind of thing. Well, I had a student telling me, he's like, what's this kid over here sleeps in class all the time. It's like that kid over there has turned in every single assignment and has an A. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like you have four missing assignments. Like, come on. Like, like he's going to take care of his stuff. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about you, but he has a fair point. Like, you know, nobody should be sleeping in class and whatever. But it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, no, I, I got to treat them, you know, where they're at. They're in different places. And, you know, and same, and same thing as a parent with a kid. And it's like knowing how and when to do that is really difficult. So seeing that played out was, I think, a part of this, the, the whole s- series that I've enjoyed, but especially this that, that part of this episode, wrapping that kind of together. I think... If I can interject some positivity about that middle section that I we were kind of beaten up on, one thing that I do like that they did is whenever Kamala comes back from the memory, 
we finally get the moment of Muniba discovering she's light girl. And there is a part of me of that. Yes. <laughs> light, light girl. Right. They should get away from what is it? Soft light? Soft light? <laughs> or hard light? Or night, no, night, night light. light. <laughs> uh, yes. Would I have liked more exploration of her reaction and how she's handling it, especially in context of her pushing that side by lab- away by labeling it as crazy with her mother? Yes. Uh, wholeheartedly. There's more to explore there. But what they did that I loved is as they're having that moment where Sana is like, I like to believe two people came together and their love created something bigger than them. And that is the generational mm-hmm. reverberations of family. And mm-hmm. you have that, that thread closed there. And the way that ties to Muniba discovering Kamala's powers is Kamala's like, hey, hold on one second. I got to go do something. And she runs off to go talk to um, Kareem. Mm -hmm. The shot stays on Muniba. And we get Muniba's reaction to her using her powers. And you see this this mix of emotion on the actor's face as she's in awe, coming to terms with it, and just like, you see the the... I don't want to say lesson learned because, again, I think it, I would call it lesson learned if we had more time with it. But you see that thread close of her making peace with that fantastical side. And I love the choice to stick with her camera wise instead of going to Kamala because we've seen the power. We know how the power works. The real mm-hmm. I'm going to get real cheesy here. The real magic was the closing of that family tie there. Mm-hmm. No, it's not cheesy at all because <laughs> it is. That's that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. To, to bring some positivity to that section. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It was, it was, that is the real magic. That was, you know, cause, cause also you're getting a mom in the distance admiring, like, you know, you're having that moment, but the kid runs off and, and just, Hey, look, they're, they're, if I remember right, right. She ran up a staircase and it was up top. A hard so light camera. Staircase. Yeah. But like had the, so she felt, I mean, not only she run up the staircase, like I was just focusing on the on the visual space, but now that they're a hard light staircase, so now you have Kamala who is comfortable enough to use her own powers in front of her mom. I don't have to hide that side of myself anymore. And visually speaking, and spatially, I guess, like in this whole idea of like a parent not looking up to their kid, but seeing their kid grown up, right? And so she's vis- visually like the eye line is looking up because she's this letting go because they're growing up. And so I think that's really cool, actually. Because you, um, it, again, the show's really well done. So I hate to like, <laughs> that, that, that we spent so much time talking about, about it because it's just so well done. Mm-hmm. The, the Friend Daniel knocked it out of the part. My least favorite episode of the season, but what's in it is some of the best of the show. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I mean, like to put, to, to hammer home what you're conveying without saying the word, Muniba conveys, I can finally trust my child, not because they weren't trustworthy, but because I'm no longer afraid. The fact mm-hmm. that that's conveyed without a word is beautiful. And so I, and I didn't even have that appreciation for the way that you put it of like watching them literally grow up before your eyes by just the scaling of the power. But it is, it it's thoughtfulness like that, that can be 
astounding with minimal work as long as it keeps going back to the theme. And I'll shout out JB mm-hmm. because whenever we, I can't remember if it was the villain episode or the Moon Knight wrap-up episode, but he talked about one of his favorite writerisms is whenever you're lost, go back to the theme. And whenever Miss mm-hmm. Marvel is working within that theme of family and identity and, and the... Um, telling those stories that we've been talking about, keeping those stories within the family alive, that is when it's shining its brightest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and you're right. I don't remember if it was the wrap-up episode or the villains episode, but I, I remember him saying that. Which was great, because like it, 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 it helped me... Just say, that helped me refocus watching some of these things. You know, because um, again listen to our episodes, I can get, uh, well, what would I just brought up with, brought up with Loki? It's like the time traveling here didn't matter. Whereas in Loki, it, it did matter. Not just because of me being me getting caught up in the minutia, but it, it did matter to the, to the show. But once I get personally get caught up into that, you know, I can get kind of lost into that little minutia stuff. Um, and and thinking about that, no. What, what's the theme? Let's and yeah. Very well done. Holding tight and letting go. Are we holding too tight and hoping for something it can't be in the finale? Or are we gonna let go and be happy? <laughs> I'm letting go. I'm with you. I'm I'm with. I am. I am just. I haven't even thought about what might happen. I'm ready to. I'm ready just to see it. Okay. I mean, true to what I said, like I finally, like it took me six episodes or six series to finally come to peace with this where smarter people figured it out from WandaVision. I like, I've, I've got what I wanted for the story. Now let's see how they have fun kind of thing. Yep. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, like I admitted, this is the least amount of notes I took for, for an episode. So uh, unless you've got any more, uh, I think we can move into final thoughts. My final thought, touchdown. I, <laughs> oh, for context, I threw my hands up because I remembered something. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just make it a final thought. But it was too late. I had already signaled touchdown. <laughs> um, so we got... One of the one of the things that friend Daniel told us after um, last episode, or even before he even finished listening, was like, "Because dude, a meta episode's coming." <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I'm sure everybody listening could could hear it in us this time. But my final thought was you mentioned about the least amount of notes. My stopwatch right here says an hour and six minutes. Where we just that's. that's- that's my final thought. <laughs> we, we were so worried about like what the length was this going to be, but also because we just finished an episode where it was like something about an hour and 20 consistently an hour, 20 hour, 20. And it's like, no, we're getting to the final thoughts in an hour and six. So, <laughs> Oh man. Well, my final thoughts, uh, the thing that I threw a touchdown for, but I figured, ah, we could put it here. Uh, we we highlighted how Kam- there's been an evolution of Kamala's suit throughout the series. And it's in a way that I think, I'd have to think back on this. I don't know if I've seen a suit evolve like this with so much meaning per piece. Like we've seen ser- examples of the hero starts with the homemade costume. And then as they go along, right. they develop the final costume. 
Right. This, I think, is... or you, And I guess the other example that's kind of closest is Iron Man and how iterative it was per entry and how you could trace, like, the... Uh, the best example that's coming to mind now is like Civil War. He wasn't fast enough to catch Rhodey. Rhodey falls. The next time we see him, he has that ability for the nanotech to like have that turbo jet that forms as he's trying to capture the ship yeah. in Infinity War. Oh, I think I think new I think new rock stars that YouTube channel has a video tracing the evolution of his improvements mm-hmm. where it's like this is what happened. And so his next suit, he did this. This is what happened. Uh, so, for example, like in Civil War, Ant-Man sliding through the cracks. Well, you ain't doing that with the nanotech, mm-hmm. you know. And and so, and, and and it's and so that, but that's not the same as like all these little pieces coming together. For I think Elena's vest, maybe. <laughs> yes, although that was retroactively fit. Because we get it in Infinity War. Only in our world, in their world. Oh, it's come not. on. <laughs> That's what retroactively fit means. <laughs> no, in their timeline, it's perfectly normal. Okay. <laughs> You're right. It is. It's very similar. There's a meaningful narrative attached to the piece. Uh, not that the Iron Man. The point I was getting with Iron Man, Iron Man's over movies. This is still the same story with Miss Marvel. We had the right. mask for Bruno. We had the blue vest from Walid, the red scarf from Kareem. And the final touch that I'm actually very curious how they're going to circle back to this because it wasn't Kamala's observation. But Muniba picks up the pendant that Kamala has in episode one, which is her name in Urdu, I think. Mm-hmm. And it is broken in that in episode five. And when Muniba holds it up, it looks like the S shape that we have seen in the final costume design. Again, I feel comfortable saying that because it's on the landing page for the Disney Plus shows. And it's a brilliant I, a brilliant summation of what they've done with Ms. Marvel overall. Because we've already talked yes. extensively about how this differs from the comic book in, in inception of the character. Where mm-hmm. the design on Kamala's shirt is more in line with her idolation of uh, Captain Marvel. uh, Right. Carol Danvers. Even though she has that admiration in this show, I love it so much more that that little S design is more in line with the spelling of her name because that brings home again the the identity theme that this show has been exploring. Yes. So, and I like that that feels like the final touch before we get the final design in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Just thinking of what the big reveal is going to be when we finally get to have the hero shot. I am looking forward to that for next week. I am too. And I'm wondering how it's going to be coming into play because we know she's got to be coming in to save Bruno and Cameron. Yeah. And we already have a precedent of she does take time to change costumes before saving the day. We saw it when she was trying to save the kid. It makes sense that she would change into this final costume before saving Cameron and Bruno. Mm-hmm. But man, this started as a joke, but now I'm start. I'm definitely in the weeds. I know this is nitpicky, but if the final episode, our big battle moment that always happens, is saving them, like, are we going to see a, a a 
a battle saving Bruno Cameron, a debrief, Bruno gives her the new suit, and then she goes to the Department of Damage Control? Or is it just going to happen off screen and then we jump into the final action? Does that make sense? Like, where's where's she going to get that? It, it does, but I, I'm definitely with you on the whole into the weeds thing. Yeah. Because cause we're talking about Pakistan, 15, 20-hour flight. Mm-hmm. Back to New York. Probably a little jet lag there. Yeah, so, adrenaline will kick in. <laughs> adrenaline. Good old adrenaline. <laughs> well, I think that's going to be a good place to leave our final thoughts. Again, time will tell. I, I guess, actually, now, and one more final thought. It's very funny to me that this episode's called Time and Again, where time and again we keep running into this issue. <laughs> But with that being said, uh, if you have any thoughts about the latest episode of Ms. Marvel or the episode that we just put out, you can always reach us at MC Need to Know, both on Twitter and Instagram. It's a great place to get in contact with us. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you'd like to join our Discord and contact us there, there's a link for it in the show notes. You can join a larger community of people who are as invested in Marvel Studios as we are, as well as just a good group of people to hang out with and discuss all sorts of pop culture and video games and and whatnot. And of course, now that you scroll to the bottom to get to our Discord, go ahead and click on the rating and review. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or if Spotify is your thing, make sure you get to leave a rating and review. I guess they don't do reviews yet, but it's Spotify, copycat world, it's coming. This would have to be my guess, but go ahead and leave that rating there. In the meantime, share with a friend. That's the best review you could give us. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on the SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. And if you'd like to join our Discord and contact us there, there's a link for it in the show notes. You can join a larger community of people who are as invested in Marvel Studios as we are, as well as just a good group of people to hang out with and discuss all sorts of pop culture and video games and and whatnot. And, of course, uh, best thing you can do for us is share with a friend, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> well, I normally do the Discord stuff. You, I'm listening to you, you started the doing stuff. the phone. I took over Discord and then you started doing the phone number. But I thought we were I thought we were doing the phone every other episode. That I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> How dare you? I don't remember. <laughs> I we According to this everyone. reason I just made up, I'm right. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's all, all I right, got. So let, me, let, me, let, me, <laughs> let me let me do that again. Oh man. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's late. <laughs> All right.
<laughs> all, right. all right, here we go again. Here you go, here you go. <sighs> Big deep breath, get it all out. <laughs> I need my inhaler now. <sighs> Don't worry, Nick Sandy, we're getting to you. <sighs> all right, let's okay. have fun. All right.